Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Friday Reardon Roundtable. If you have followed on Twitter, you know that the host is a bit worked up into a lather today over several things, including this silly St. Louis City mask mandate, which, by the way, we have an update on that perhaps uh, here this afternoon. But there's a lot of excitement here in the studio for other reasons as well. This is the first roundtable of the year. First, let me say hi to Sue Thomas this afternoon. Sue, how are you? Fine, thank you. You're dressed for the winter um, season here in the studio yes. with the heavy coat on. You don't have the heated vest on, though. No, I went for long sleeves. Jane, Jane uh, Santa brought Sue a heated vest for Christmas. That, that is the best thing ever. I have Perfect. a heated. I had a heated shirt for skiing. It's heaven. And it's heaven for us people who get free. Yes. I think I'm going to have to be putting on my coat soon because I feel I actually am starting to see my breath. I know. It's cold in here today. Uh, State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman is with us this afternoon. How are you? It's been a quiet 24 hours. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that here in a second, of course. And then former State Senator Jeff Smith is also here in the house. Are you still celebrating your birthday? Two months ago, there was like a six-week birthday (laughs) celebration. Does that go after the birthday, too? I may have one or two weeks to go. All right. Happy birthday (laughs) uh, to Mary Elizabeth. Yes, I was going to bring that up. She, She had a birthday on um, Wednesday, right? That's Well, Tuesday on the 2nd. Happy birthday. All right, two things here. Pull that mic real close to you just so okay. we make sure people hear this. But Mary Elizabeth very uh, respectfully asked me, and I don't think you needed to ask me if you could make an announcement today, and I think you want to make an announcement. You want to do that? I do. I'm super excited. So I wanted to make sure that you were okay with me telling everybody today that I'm running for Congress. So a huge, big deal. I had not thought that that was what I would say on Friday afternoon. How about a little applause in the studio for the roundtable? Here we go. Mary Elizabeth Coleman. Now, we should make it clear. This is uh, Blaine Lukemeyer, who is the uh, representative currently in the 3rd District, decided that he's not going to go back to Congress and run for re-election. So there are some names being thrown in. And you're getting in early here, right? That's right. So I'm announcing. I don't want to hesitate. I'm not shopping for which office. I care a heck of a lot about the people of Missouri. I've got six kids, and it matters who's who's there and who's fighting for us. And so let's go. It's time. Well, let's get the political pundits in the room to handicap this a little bit. Our Democrat friends, uh, if Jeff endorses you, that's the best thing for your candidacy, Mary Elizabeth. <laughs> so just know that. Jeff Smith, mm. what do you think here? I mean, this is going to be an interesting race and a very crowded race, probably. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can split it up between my, my personal thoughts and my kind of then put my pundit hat on. Uh, personally, you know, I don't have anything against Mary Elizabeth, but she's a right-wing, anti-choice, you know, pro-MAGA person. And so that's certainly not my cup of tea at all. Uh, and number two, she's been, unfortunately, pretty effective and competent <laughs> in, in the state legislature. So part of me 
fear is giving her a larger platform and a larger stage to do these things that I like fundamentally disagree with. So, that's a, that's about as good of an endorsement as you're going to get. Congratulations, yeah. that's awesome. I, I think. mean, and it's nothing against her personally, but that's just how I feel. And I, so, I'm, I'm more craven. I'm just glad I'd like to get another lawyer elected. That's always a good. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, the people yeah. who no, we need knowledgeable lawyers to be writing laws again. And so, I mean, I think that's definitely a plus. And frankly, I think being a woman, I think the field's going to be crowded. But I think it's going to be men, and I think that that, that can't help but be a, a plus for you. That's my opinion. And it's sure going to be hard for anybody to get to her right. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, absolutely. I well, mean, I mean, there's some names that are probably going to get in here. Bob Andre's name is being tossed around. I checked with um, your colleague, Nick Shore, who's also on the roundtable. He said that it's possible. That was his quote to me. There is a, a pretty good assessment here in the Missouri Scout this morning about this race that Throws a lot of love your way, Mary Elizabeth. The case for MEC Senator Coleman has one of the most compelling reasons to run for any politician, a free pass. She's not up for election, so she can take a flyer and hold on to her Senate seat, but she's working the phones to supporters and donors to gauge interest. Here's some likely talking points. Compelling life story. Mother of multiple adopted kids, potentially the only woman in a big field. One of the most prominent pro-life leaders, not only in Missouri, but in the country. And she's regularly quoted in national publications. So... Some love there in the uh, political newsletter called the Missouri Scout. Now, you don't live. Let me ask a couple of questions here. You do not live technically in the district. This is a little confusing to me because you don't have to live in the district. Right. It's weird because you're kind of right there on the fringe, a few blocks away, if you would. Exactly. So, listen, I represent the district. I have proudly represented the district my entire time in public office. And it is uh, a stone's throw away from my house, but it is an open primary and anybody who wants to run and certainly, listen, Missouri is my home. Chris and I are college sweethearts and um, I'm proud that my kids are ninth generation Jefferson Countyans. I got here as fast as I can and the congressional districts, you know, those lines move around a little bit, but it's it's my neighborhood. And so my Jeff, what else do you think though? What do you think about that issue? Is that an issue in, in the race? Say, okay, will Republicans use that? She doesn't even live in the district. Uh, it's hard to say whether someone will use it or not. I think a couple of the other people who are contemplating the race also live just outside the district. It's a very bizarrely drawn district. It, it goes really is. all the way from near the Mississippi River to Columbia. Lake of the Ozark you know? all the way up to North uh, County. It is it's weird. A, I looked at the map yesterday. Yeah. It's cray-cray. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be difficult. I mean, I don't know. I think probably most people, the people who live in it may know they live there. But I'm not sure anybody else knows who lives in that district. I think what they're going to know is that I've been living and fighting and representing the people who live there for the entire time I've been in public office and they want somebody in D.C. who's going to push back against this crazy Biden administration and the woke mobs that are moving the country in the wrong direction. Well, if I but, remember correctly, there was a crowded field in the uh, the Senate race that, that you're in right now with a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, men who had some name recognition, Jeff Ward and others, and he did pretty well there in that race. But it is bizarre. Let me address just the district because you probably will have if you look at Onder up in St. Charles County, you'll have Caleb Rodden, who I think a lot of people thought would get in this race, has decided not to. He He's already running said for, no, didn't he? texted yeah. me and said yeah. Is he running for Secretary of State? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but there probably will be some Boone County representation or mid-Missouri representation, which is weird because you almost have a triangle created by that district with candidates. Yeah. Well, and the district is kind of like a weird triangle that was drawn to accommodate Ann Wagner whose district now pushes way out into like Warren County, you know, and and due west. But then this district has like St. Charles, you know, up at like north of the St. Louis region to the Mississippi River, then goes west to Columbia and then goes back southeast 
towards you know Jefferson County where it's where, been a significant uh, portion of Jefferson County. Yeah, and and so it's it's there's it's nobody, weird to think of that seat as Jeffco, it, but it, that's but, the way but, it's but drawn. But there's it really is. nobody in that district who could say. I live in the heart of that district because there is no the, heart of no, the district. No, this thing it, was just born. It is bizarre. Yeah. Right. I, you know, there's different levels of carpetbagging. You know, when I ran for state senate, I'd never lived in the district in my life. And I announced when I was living in New Hampshire teaching. And, you know, I got a, I rented an apartment here. I signed a lease and the same day I announced that I was running, you know, and it, and it didn't seem to hurt me, you know, too much in my race. I was, people knew I was a St. Louisan. They knew, you know, I'd started a, a charter school in St. Louis City. I'd coached basketball in St. Louis City for a decade. So the fact that I hadn't technically lived, you know, right there, it, it didn't really hurt right. me that bad. So I think it's more about, like, what you've done in your life for a community, in a community, and whether you're kind of, like, culturally connected to a community more than something more technical like this block or that block. Are you going to put him in charge of your mailers for the campaign? <laughs> I mean, if he could just send Ouch. something that to was a shot, me. wasn't it, Smith? I'm sorry. That we really know each hurts, other well enough I, that I, I had to say it. I'm, it was I'm, a layup. I'm afraid yeah. of the things that she would accomplish in D.C. <laughs> that, you know, because I don't agree with the things that she's done, you know, for the most part in uh, in Jeff Listen, City. It's so. crazy to me that you do not agree with securing the southern border. It is crazy to me that you want to be part of the woke mob who is fine with taking over these cultural issues from parents by eliminating girls and women erasing them as we're not protecting women's sports, especially as a a basketball coach for so many years and somebody who cares so much about girls' athletics. It's crazy to me that you don't care about inflation and the, air quotes, Biden economy. I mean, listen, we need somebody who's going to go back to President Trump, who's going to make sure that the economy is roaring and that things are successful. Oh, the campaign is underway right here on the Reardon Roundtable. Let's shift into some other topics. Mary Elizabeth (laughs) Coleman announcing officially she is running for Congress in the 3rd District in the Republican primary. Jeff Smith also on the panel. Also, Jane, before I want to get to all this mass stuff, there's crime stats that we'll get to, Jane. So a lot of topics. But since we're talking about politics and things like that, uh, I sent this to Jeff this morning, um, and I think Jane as well. So this is a story in our local paper that says Mark McClellan the gun-waving lawyer-turned-conservative firebrand came to the city Republican meeting Thursday night to urge members to purge imposters in their ranks. He pitched them a controversial new vetting protocol. He called on the city's GOP Central Committee to make prospective candidates take a test measuring their knowledge of the party platform to pour through their tax records, legal records, and voting history, and then to prohibit anyone who doesn't score enough from running as a Republican. I love the guy who gave money to Claire McCaskill lecturing other Republicans <laughs> on how not to be rhinos. The plaintiff this guy, lawyer. Look, I never a had him on yeah. the air. Yeah. I never had him on the air when he was well, running for the Senate ally. because he wasn't a real candidate. I wish he would go away. He doesn't deserve legitimate news. You know, And this is what I said on Twitter. I said, look, th- this is why... Funny story here. So a couple of years ago, Mark Cox could not MC something for the St. Louis County Central Committee. So he said, hey, can you do it? And I said, sure. Now, truth be told, I think some of these things in these dinners, I've been to a lot of them over the decades. They're kind of creepy. OK, no offense to the politicians in the room here, but they are a lot of weirdos. So. When I the when party I got on faithful, the horn, you mean? No, I, I'm, I'm talking. No, no, no. no. Yeah, the, the, like, the people who the puppet, hey, I avoid them too. I'm oh, not you guys, Jane. You know what I'm talking about? I join about. in. I have not it's been to a, I have not been to Hannibal in years. I don't think they have that anymore. My oh, point good. is, there's normal people in politics, Mary Elizabeth among them, and then there's creepy, weird political types. But anyway, so I, I said, sure, I'll Good do job. the dinner for Mark Cox, and I was told by the leadership of the Central Committee. 
Well, some folks don't think you have Republicans' backs, Mark, so we can't have you MC this, which I just laughed and I spit Diet Coke on my... My job is not to have Republicans' backs. It's to call Republicans idiotic and stupid like Mark McCloskey, who doesn't even qualify as a conservative, when he comes up with bonehead ideas like this. So, well, and, and you know what? I don't understand it because I, I fight all the time with, you know, the radical left wing of our party doing these purity tests. And that you're supposed to be making your party bigger. These kinds of things only make your party smaller. I don't I don't get it. So I don't know why the radical right would want to act like the radical left and say, oh, purity tests and rhinos and dinos. And I'm like, guys, let me give you a little bit of secret. There are more rhinos and dinos than there are extremists. So, I mean, I think any party that wants to be successful ought to make their tent bigger instead of this nonsense. Well, it's just ridiculous. But hang on. We have much more important things like Sashara Jones trying to issue a mask mandate, which, by the way, may have failed because the governor's office got involved. That's the word this afternoon. We'll get to all of that and a whole lot more. The city crime stats, etc. The vague slapping down reporters this week. Oh, we're on a roll there this afternoon. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. Reardon Roundtable for a Friday afternoon, the first one of 2024. Jane Duker on the panel. The new candidate for Missouri's 3rd Congressional District, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, also here. She just announced that candidacy. Former State Senator Jeff Smith is with us as well. Now, there are some interesting developments this afternoon. The morning started with a memo our own Kim St. Ange blasted out on the X, formerly Twitter, from the city of St. Louis Department of Health that said beginning January 5th, that's uh, today, I think, right? City of St. Louis employees will be required to wear a mask indoors because of COVID and the flu and RSV. So uh, they're not going to do that because the governor's office called Tish and said, hey, by the way, what you guys are trying to do is not legal. And here's the new memo this afternoon from the Department of Health. The city of St. Louis Department of Health is updating its communications with employees surrounding masking. The department now recommends masking indoors. Recommends. That's the change. Masking indoors for all city of St. Louis employees effective immediately as described in administrative regulation. Blah, 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 blah. Employers, I'm sorry, employees are not required to wear a mask but are strongly encouraged to do so. Uh, what a joke. I mean, I mean, come on. How uh, where, many... do, where do we start on this, Jane? Uh, well, I, I mean, from a procedural standpoint, um, if it, 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 it feels very political. If you're willing to go out there and do this, and then you get a call from the governor and say, um, you know, whatever he said, 
I mean, it makes you wonder whether it was political in the first place because you backed off. I mean, if you know, if you really, really were doing this because of health reasons, why does it only take one phone call from the governor for you to back off when every day you're willing to say to the governor, we're going to flout every law that you that's ever been passed in state government? They have no problem doing that on a daily basis. And then but this time, oh, suddenly. So I don't know. Maybe he threatened to cut off some money from her or something. I don't know. But well, I, I, I heard, Jeff, I heard from, I'm, I'm guessing you know, and please allow me to use her proper title, Dr. Megan Green, uh-huh. who um, chimed in. She's the president of the Board of Aldermen. She said, because my tweet said, you knew it was coming. It's a religion to these idiots. There's a part of me that hopes, and by the way, I'm being serious about this, that hopes St. Louis Mayor and King Page tries to mandate further because I'd kind of like to see a revolt. And there, there's not a chance in hell that me or tens of thousands of people in this state and in this region would ever comply with something as ridiculous as that again. But Dr. Green said this. Jane, did you see this? Yeah. I will never understand the inability of some to care for others and protect themselves from harm. Getting COVID in 2020 destroyed my immune system and led me to develop long COVID. I have chronic nerve pain, migraines, dizziness. Many others do too. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Well, Dr. Green fails to realize that uh, there's a difference between choosing to wear a mask, which by the way, she slept in a damn mask. She wore one 24 hours a day and she got long COVID. I don't know how that works, right? So there's a difference between choosing to wear a mask, it's not helping, but go for it, and mandating masks. Not too tricky, Doc, right? It really isn't. And I I just don't understand. Well, how foolish does she look now? And then the mayor pulled the rug out from under her. And by the way, her long COVID BS, give me a break. Most of that's psychological. There's been research on that. And I think that with her, it definitely is. So it's just a joke. It really is that this has to be something that government officials still have to try to shove down our throats. Well, and if the governor was able to shut it down with one phone call, then why didn't we do that two years ago? I mean, there's the entire incident is absurd. They didn't have authority then. They don't have authority now. I'm grateful for the governor's leadership today. I wish it had been stronger years ago. But listen, this is just absolutely ridiculous. And I guess we should be thankful, but it doesn't matter because, as you say, nobody who doesn't want to wear a mask is going to wear well, a mask anymore. But they're going to keep trying it because it is a religion and it's a mental illness. And there's well, a guy remember, on Twitter. Elections are coming. Right. Well, exactly. But there's a guy on Twitter that says, I'll take medical advice from a talk show host. Never. Let's address that for a moment. Well, let's take it from Megan Green. Let's address that. Let me address the experts for a moment. The experts that told us, you know, if you're vaccinated, you can't give that damn COVID to anyone else, right? They were wrong about so many damn things. And by the way, the notion that this, uh, Jeff, I don't get this because these are your people. They think that- keep addressing me- Without using my proper Dr. title. Dr. Jeff, yes, I'm Dr. Smith. I know, Dr. Smith, I get it. Thank you. But we're all doctors. We're all, we're all, I'm a jurist doctor. A She's a jurist doctor. I'm so sorry. I am we all so, have oh my gosh. But I, you know what? I have never asked you to call me well, Dr. That's, what, that's why she's a joke. It's not re- that's I mean, why. But would you at least admit that there's not a lot that they got right about COVID? There, there really isn't in the end. And I concede that it was different in the beginning. There's no doubt about that. And you had the original variant. It's not like that now. And this notion that we're going to go back to these mandates that even Dr. Garza was like, we're fine. Hospitals, right. we're but, fine. But, Jane, where is this coming from? This is coming from, look, I saw it in the LA How Times two days ago. How dare she not check with Dr. I, Scam? But I'm telling you, I saw it in the Post, the New York Times. They they can't wait for this stuff. They, there's nothing else to cover. They don't want to cover the real news, I guess, like the border. And they want to cover this stuff. So um, I think that you know, early on, people were doing their best to be extra cautious because Mm -hmm. they saw this thing that people didn't understand that people were dying of. Um, And I frankly didn't understand and and still don't understand 
why a lot of people resisted so vehemently to something as simple as putting on a mask. Can that I tell said, you why? It's that, not that. Yeah. I, I, I can help. That said, I can help with that. that, that I mean, said, let him finish. Hang on. That, let him finish. That said, yes. um, I also think it's important for the legitimacy of government to do things that have some popular legitimacy as well. And if you're putting out orders when you know, and I think we can all agree no matter where we stand on this, with what I think Mary Elizabeth said, which is that nobody who doesn't want to wear a mask is going to wear a mask at this point. We're beyond that. And so you have to have some level of like self-awareness and pragmatism and like reading the room that you can do this. You can issue an order if you want, but people aren't going to listen. But you can't. I mean, that's the whole point is you couldn't then and you can't now. Issuing an order outside the bounds of what is allowed by our legal system is absurd, it's ridiculous, and it erodes faith in the institutions that you purport to defend. And, and here's the other thing, as, as someone who was not an anti-masker, and certainly not an anti-vaxxer, because I've had all my vaccines, I'm all, well, they're not, yeah, I've had my COVID shots. By the way, just quickly, who who's to say that Dr. Green didn't get her long COVID from the jab, by the way? And I'm saying that seriously, go ahead. But, but what I resented during this last go-around with this was the sanctimonious obnoxious attitude of people saying you're killing grandma you're I mean all of this stuff where I mean you had council people assaulting other council people saying you're you want to kill children you want to kill grandma and I'm you know and the fact of the matter is St. Louis County had the most stringent masking and shutdown and they did worse than the state of Missouri as a whole the city of St. Louis, exactly right. the St. Saint, Saint Charles, Jefferson County, and Kansas City. And I looked it up again on Johns Hopkins today, and the death rate in St. Louis County with the most strict restrictions had the worst. And that is a reality. And so people are not as dumb as they think. And, and I remember going to these debates in the county where, I mean, you were literally evil. Evil. Oh, I know. If you I remember them very well. That, oh, the paper masks really don't work. If you really want to have an effective transmission preventer, you ne- it needs to be an N95 and it needs to be fully fitted, blah, blah, blah. You know, and y- people were shouted down for saying that stuff. And I thought, I mean, that's when I turned, when we could not even have a conversation about it because and even now, you're Satan. The first thing that Megan Green says oh, is, you don't care, about, you other don't care people. about people. You don't care about me and other That's people. That sanctimony, people are fed up with the sanctimony, the virtue signaling. They're done. And I'm a Democrat. And I, and I again, I wasn't anti any of this. And But it just got so obnoxious when you have directors of health lying about being assaulted. And this whole episode it's like you could see the post-traumatic stress on people on Twitter, everywhere. People were like, you have got to be kidding me. We're not going here again. Absolutely. That's what bothered me. Thank you, Jane. Not, not to, to pivot, but I think people are fed up with this with this kind of uh, sanctimony and hypocrisy on both sides. True. When I hear, when I hear, Demo- when I hear uh, Republicans say, well, you know, you can't now— I have a nuanced view on Colorado and Maine, so and we can talk about that. I know you wanted to talk about that How a little is that bit today. Possible to have nuance on but, that. Um, I don't. I, I really find it uh, laughable when I hear the same people who said that um, you know who are saying now, "Hey, like, what about democracy?" You got to give voters like a sh- a chance to vote for the person they want. What about how sacred democracy should be? Are the same people who are minimizing that a two month long. Elector, fake elector scheme orchestrated by the former president of the United States. I don't necessarily think that the route 
uh, for 2024 should be what Colorado and Maine are doing. But I do find it appalling to listen to some of these people say, well, what about democracy? You got to give you know voters their proper choice when those same people dismiss everything that led up to right. well, January 6th. I'm no fan of what happened during that time period. Yep. In fact, I've repeated this before. It's it. why Josh Hawley won't come on this show, because I actually asked him a tough question about that. But if you want to talk about insurgency, let me pivot, okay, Dr. Smith, because I think what's happening at the southern border right now, that's an insurgency, and I think it's outrageous, and I think the majority, the overwhelming majority of American people have been exposed to this, and they see it, and I don't know how many people see it, because not everyone pays attention. They're outraged by what's happening with tens, wait, not tens, hundreds of thousands wait, wait, of migrants millions. that are coming across the, the border unvetted. It's outrageous. It shouldn't happen. It pisses me off that people like me who care about this country and want the country to move forward, we're somehow evil and bigoted and xenophobic because we don't want millions of illegal people coming across the border. That's that's not there's a difference between legal immigration and illegal. And you can say, okay, well we need an immigration plan. We've been trying that for 30 years, if not more, and we don't have it right now. But Something's got to stop at the border. That is outrageous. And most people in this country realize that. Well, so what we have right now is a Biden administration who's weaponized the Department of Justice, who said we're not going to, just like Tashara Jones in the city, we're not going to follow the laws of this country. We're not going to require people to be vetted. We're going to let anybody and everybody come across the border who wants to. To heck with that. It's the bigger population than not just Lake of the Ozarks, not just Columbia, but St. Louis City, Kansas City, the amount of people, the number that are coming here. And listen, I went to the southern border last summer to see what is going on. And every state is a border state at this point because of Biden's failed policies and his lack of following the law. In fact, not only is he weaponizing the DOJ by failing to follow the law. He's using it only to sue people who are trying to address the issue. You've got Texas trying to put up a border because there's nothing that will be done by the federal government. And rather than welcome the help and say, thank God you guys showed up and are here to help. He's suing the state of Texas for trying to address the migrant crisis. You've got New York crying because they're bringing bus I'm glad you brought up. that up. Let me, let me just, this is uh, on the Chicago.gov. Jeff, I'd love you to respond to this. Frequently asked questions. Sanctuary City, Chicago. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be a sanctuary city? Chicago's welcoming city ordinance means that the city will not ask about your immigration status, disclose that information to authorities, or most importantly, deny you city services based on your immigration status. Come on in, right? Good for Greg Abbott, shipping these people all over the country where Eric Adams and the mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, they want them. Now they don't want them. Why? Because the people that you progressives love to say that you represent, the people that really do need help in this country, that are taxpayers, are being shoved aside by millions of people who don't have the legal right to be in this country. This is not about seeking political asylum, and we all know that, right? Now they get rubber stamped that they're seeking asylum, and then they get a court date in 2030. This has got to stop. And you've seen the polling. Jeff, doctor, you're you're a smart guy. You know how much trouble Biden's in. This is a big issue. Explain to me why this administration doesn't get it. That That's baffling to me. It truly is. Well, I think the administration gets it insofar as like they've come to the table and they're negotiating in good faith to try to find a solution here. And in the meantime, seen, how about seen, stop seen, the freaking flood and, of migrants? And you've seen Republican senators uh coming out and saying, look, we, the Biden administration is working with us and we think we're getting close to a compromise here on immigration. So that's encouraging. I think you're um, I will say um, I, I don't I don't love the tactic that uh, that Governor Abbott used, because in my opinion, a more 
he could have made the same political point in a more humanitarian fashion that doesn't just use people as as political props. Isn't that by what least, Biden's doing? That's exactly by, what Biden's doing. Would, I mean, by like, at least letting on, people know, break. by at least letting authorities know in the jurisdictions where migrants are coming that, hey, we've got 2,000 people coming to Chicago on buses just FYI, so that a, I mean, a Texas jurisdiction, surely isn't getting any so, memo so that a jurisdiction from Mexico could, as they're coming across the border. And, and, and you'd think that you'd be better than that. You'd think that after what what <laughs> they've experienced, they wouldn't want other places to, you know, just we in don't. terms of we want these, the are human, these are human beings. Of course they are. And they're being exploited by the political left who wants to use them as a pawn for political gain to show how sympathetic they are rather than actually addressing the Look, needs we all that they get have. why they want to come to this country. That's not a mystery. And, and I've been to third world countries. I've seen how people live in Central America, in Honduras. All right. And people are dying I, to come I've to explained America. this to my daughter who's eight years old. I, I try That's to put right. things into perspective that there are people around the world that don't have running water. They don't have heat. They don't have electricity. And they won't because your side doesn't want them to have carbon, you know, fossil fuel. So you're going to starve them out and make sure that they freeze and die of heat stroke as well. But my point is, is that that's not what this is. The issue is not about welcoming immigrants to this country, because if we have a path, we can do that. You can say, okay, and this is what KJP wants to do. They don't have, they're not sincere. They just want a photo op going down to the border. Mike Boss, by the way, Congressman Boss was down there. He's going to join me on Monday. But in the meantime, is it unreasonable to say this is unacceptable in this country? Jeff, can you name another country that would allow this to happen? Just one. Just one. No, it's it's not. No, you can't. That's my point. Can I say something? Thanks sure. for the millisecond to answer that. <laughs> yeah, that was. That. Yeah. But you can't. We all heard was, you, right? That's yeah, called a rhetorical question. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, we do have a major logistical problem. I mean, are we going to start sending troops down to the border? What are we what are we willing to do as a country to pay, to spend in order to do this? I'm not saying we shouldn't. We have to have and I agree with Fetterman on this. We have to have this conversation. OK, it's time. And we do need a structure. I like Fetterman 2.0. Isn't he great? I know. I don't he's, know where he's he different. came from, I like I'm him a fan. Too. Yeah. No. And so, um, you know, he's like, we have to have this conversation. And. So, I mean, but what what are Republicans willing to step up and say, OK, we're going to are we going to start um, you know, sending troops? Are we going to start sending cops? Are we going to start? What are we going to do to to address this problem now before there's real congressional authorization as to what we want to do? Well, people have been trying to do that. And the DOJ keeps trying to shut it down. Texas has tried to continue to. Work no, I'm not talking about the states. I'm talking about what is is the federal government well, willing to send troops, willing to send border border, hire enough border security to do this? What is the line that we are willing to do? I have some sympathy for the president saying, you know, if I go alone, I'm going to get, you know, the rug pulled out. They're going to they're going to complain no matter what I do. Congress. I mean, the Republicans in Congress have failed to say, President, Mr. President, this is what. You need to do. This is what we're going to authorize well, the money for. This problem, is what we're going to do. Then why does he have no problem sending the cash to Ukraine, sending the cash other places? If he could unilaterally do it, which I think legally he does not have the authority to do, appropriation belongs to Well, then you Congress. can't have it both ways. If he can't act or You're act, the one suggesting that he do that. If I'm he saying, can act, but he's saying he's not acting unilaterally. And I don't blame him for taking over the immigration debate no, alone it's because it's a thankless, stupid the- task. Well. So I, when, when Republicans stand up and say, I want A, B, and C done, Mr. President, and he says no, then I think you got a little bit to argue about. This sounds like you want to keep the ball in the air just as much as he does because Absolutely of the political not. consequences. These are all the consequences of Donald Trump's failure to build the wall, as he promised. Yeah. 
That's Dr. Jeff Smith, no State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, also on the panel. Jane Duker, one more segment to go on a fiery Reardon Roundtable on a Friday. Friday afternoon, Reardon Roundtable on 97.1 FM Talk. This is Mark Reardon on the panel with us. One more segment to go. Jane Duker is here, former State Senator Jeff Smith and um, current State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, who's also announced earlier this hour on this very program that she's running for Congress in the 3rd District. So big campaign announcement. Jane, I wanted to get to uh, some of the crime stat stuff that you were pouncing on this week on the ex-formerly Twitter, because this is interesting as well for the city well, of St. Louis. Yeah, so the city comes out, and as people know, I represent St. Louis police officers, and actually police officers across the state of Missouri. And so they come out with, oh, you know, basically crime is solved. Greater St. Louis comes out and says, awesome, there's a 40% reduction. Now, granted, you know, there's an increase in St. Charles, a huge increase in St. Louis County, but somehow, miraculously, the city, crime is solved. First of all, and then what was the most infuriating thing, and I have to give the Post-Dispatch a tiny bit of credit because Ooh, be they actually, there. well, they did a story <laughs> that they called out um, the fact that the city refuses to produce the crime data that were, they were always the gold standard in transparency until 2021. Okay, then they just stop reporting the crime stats, the detailed crime stats, so that you and I can look at them and say, you know, do we agree with the numbers that they're peddling? Okay. Well, they refuse. But the mayor was able to give the data to her cronies, like to Wash U when they were studying a program she liked. They got crime data, but the public doesn't get it. The chief gets a special gets a special report. The mayor gets a special report. And so I was livid at the media who came out and just relayed her press release. She put on she put it on a little, you know, a little graphic saying 40% reduction here and 20% reduction here, but will not produce the data. It's baloney. If the data said what they say it said, they would produce it. They know we're going into this battle over state control or actually citizen board control and they have to like, you know, make up numbers. Well, now people are asking, why won't you produce the data? Statisticians, even, I mean, they had a, they had an article about how, you it's know, scientists are like, this is a joke, politicizing, politicizing crime stats. So, I mean, I don't know how no, you can run. it's just such a joke. Listen, you can't say, look, crime's going down, crime's going down, and then refuse to provide the data. We and need an to, audit now. One, Of course we do. So I hope that Auditor Fitzpatrick is listening. Absolutely. He's the Attorney done General. done a wonderful job. Yeah. The Attorney General can step in. I mean, listen, we're at a point where we have seen again and again this administration, the city of St. Louis comes really in, they Auditor say Fitzpatrick crazy Fitzpatrick has done a wonderful job? I think... You didn't agree with some of the stuff that he did earlier this year. Listen, I think that he is a phenomenal public servant. I think he's doing his best. I disagree entirely with the the and filed some litigation that Jeff is uh, alluding to protecting our pro-life laws in the state of Missouri. It's important to keep those initiative petitions off the ballot by any and every means. And I'll continue to focus on that. But listen, Crime in St. Louis is a problem. We've got underreporting, misreporting. Mm-hmm. We don't know the details of what's going on because she refuses to release it. So to say, hey, look, we've got a reduction. And then. Oh, by the way, they've been the busted way. twice. For one, they just stopped reporting for like the last quarter. And then the FBI was like, and they produced hey, these stats me. and claimed, oh, crime is solved again. This is the third or well, fourth time. So how do you time. fix this? How, how do you. One, I think we either if they don't if they don't produce the data, one, I think the the legislature ought to subpoena it or it ought to, the state auditor ought to come in and get the data. And this idea that they get to declare that, you know, crime is solved. And it's because they're defunding the police I, because they're, they're not losing defunding police the police. Officers. I don't think anyone's declaring that crime is solved. I think people 
are happy that the initial, you know, numbers seem to be lower. I would like I would like to see and I would like to see the data, too. So I'm not like anti-transparency. I want to see it, too. But I think that a couple things. Number one, if it did go down a little, then that would fit with the that would be a good tre- thing. It would be a good thing, and it would fit with the national trend because you see in but most even cities you're around the country if, because you, you can't see, know because I, I would the love data is bad. I, I, you're right. I would I would love to see it. it and all we, be which public server would, would ever do that? It would be intuitive that that the numbers would have gone down a little because seven months ago or so we got a really good prosecutor in town and. Based on everything I'm hearing and I'm seeing from people inside the system, he's taken a lot of people off the streets who needed to be taken off the streets, which would likely lead to— But it's only to, been six which, months which, which to clear 10,000 cases. I mean, that it, is not— It was not, a huge backlog, but, right. but but I think he's been really good for the city. He I'm, has been. I'm glad he's there. And I if the crime it. numbers went down a little bit, especially in the second half of last year, it would be intuitive— Based on 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 that, so I'm Intuitive. not doubting it. Come I'm, on. I'm not I'm not doubting it. I would like to see the data, just like you do. And here's the thing: there is not a single reputable department in this country that would do this, and that's what makes it really abhorrent. I mean, you know what? I acknowledge. I think homicides are slightly down. I do. I mean, and that's thank God because that was we're still in very still bad way crime too high. Here. way too high, but we are down from like the worst ever in the history. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I'm not saying that crime hasn't gone down, but I they are juking the stats. I, every officer I talk to says they care well, more here, about you know changing the report to, for it to be a lesser crime. They care more about the message than they do well, about the, things, the substance. Let me go back to the whole mass mandate thing that they just reversed because it was ridiculous. But here's one of the things that concerns me about the city, and I've said this before in. in the mayor, if she wants to really be a leader. Look, they spend more effort on raising the alphabet mafia flag and putting out a memo about masking than they do on crime. And yes. you can say, oh, no, we're doing all this stuff behind the scenes. Well, how about let people know what you're doing? And if you're not transparent, that's the impression right. that you're giving. And these are things that people really care about and it's the that are important. It's issue. And well, you look listen, at any I poll, mean, it will tell you crime is the number one issue. We just lost a bid to get the youth hockey here, the international youth hockey here again. Well, after the volleyball tournament, and I guess so. Exactly. And it's not because we don't have the passion. It doesn't mean we don't have the facilities. The Blues are great. The Sports Commission is great. But you know what? Nobody wants an athlete to come and lose their legs. They don't want all the people who come here car to be broken into. They don't want everybody coming here to be mugged. It's and almost they can't a, even pick a safe neighborhood because there's right. no data available on a block by block basis and to whether determine. you want to admit it or not right. st louis has right. always had areas that hang are on safer. we get to a couple other things by the way just as a side note jeff did you see did you all see the the video of the uh, the dude in vegas oh that gosh. jumped across the you know to the judge and tackled the judge did you see that i did not oh, oh. oh my gosh you, that is must see tv of anything so this guy's about to be sentenced is she okay? uh, this is on my twitter feed we never really heard exactly how hurt she was so there's a guy and he's making the case as she far as how probation. he has changed his so. life and she starts rattling off the fact that he's got multiple violations and this and that and she starts to sentence him and the dude says oh f no and you have the stationary camera that's on the judge and he comes flying over Barely the over the bench over I mean, the, the bench, bench tackles like her there's people wrestling it was not it was like I, a jerry springer show in that it, courtroom it, it, it you know it sounds crazy but i i'd be lying if i said that i didn't think about doing that at my sentencing well, day, you know what so. i said two days ago i but said you I, no jeff you know what it, along those lines I, I said i'm actually a little surprised it doesn't happen more often right you yeah. know i yes. really i really because am. those marshals and usually well, the bailiffs are but, tough but especially guys. when you like They're when you get guys. a life sentence you know which a lot of people get or whatever you don't have that much to lose anymore right, right? so 
So the one topic that I didn't cover mainly because it bores the crap out of me, but you do represent a district in the state of Missouri currently in Jefferson City is the legislative session, which kicked off two days ago, which is no doubt going to be dysfunctional as it was in the past couple of years. But can you say anything hopeful for this legislative session? I honestly don't want to hear anything if you're not going to legalize sports wagering. And I don't think you are. I guess I'm not supposed to say anything then. <laughs> if you don't want to hear anything, if we're not going to All right, do give that, me 30 seconds, know. congressional candidate Mary Elizabeth Coleman. What do you got for me? Uh, Listen, I think that we started off to an inauspicious start. Um, There was bickering on the floor that was ended rather quickly by the majority floor leader using a rule that is now under dispute. Um, There's going to be probably a filibuster on Monday in response to that over the journal, which is, you know, I, I, nobody can say I am as conservative or more conservative. No, nobody gets to my right on whether it's writing the helping write as the architect of the pro-life law to my CPAC voting record. I mean, on and on and on, you can see that I have the chops, but you have to have somebody who can get the job done too. And you don't get the job done by calling people names and you don't get the job done, frankly, by shutting down debate. And so we're going to have to find it a path, um, but it was an This, this whole Freedom start. Caucus thing that was started, you're not, are you a member of that? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, well, and here's the funny thing about this. the I think the reverse issue for Although I will say my scores are as conservative as any well, member. I know they are. Yeah. But Quickly, Jane, I'm almost out of time. Okay, but they're only empowering the Democrats because the non-crazy Republicans are going to team up with the Democrats and they're going to win well, and they're going to roll these probably something guys. to that. Listen, we are done for this first round table of 2024. Let me thank all the panelists, Dr. Smith, Dr. Coleman, Dr. Duker. We're coming back in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll see you guys. Thank you. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.